Well, this week, I'm going to continue what I started last week. So, um, I, I would say that the Lord and I have been having some really good conversation about this topic, not just in the last week and a half or so, but probably for the last month, um, about navigating rough waters in your life. <clears throat> last week, I shared uh, some stories about my time uh, in my career with Target and just some of the challenging moments that have been there. Um, and I broke down a few different things. So when we're navigating tough times, and we all go through them in our own variable different ways. So tough times could mean one thing for one person and something else for another. It could be uh, you're going through some financial challenges. It could be a loss of a loved one that happens. could be the changing of seasons where you're changing your career path or you know, whatever that might look. Maybe you're moving to a new state. You know, whatever that could be, it could be a, a challenge. It could be a lot of other things as well. And last week I talked about three different things that help us navigate tough times or rough waters. One of them is community, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, the second is prayer and being grounded in the Word. And then the last one is being, having the ability to ask for help and not be stubborn. So today I'm excited to talk. I'm, I'm super passionate about this topic. I was talking to Laura about this before service. Um, I'm going to talk about community and the importance of community in your life. Um, It's near and dear to my heart because I think, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And I think that is so true when we think about our life and the direction that it's taking. Uh, The people you surround yourself with, the people you spend the most time with, are where you really show and prioritize your values. You know, if you're spending time with people that are like-minded, that are encouraging you, that are uplifting you, that are sharpening you, they're going to make you a better person. If you're spending time in places you shouldn't be, you have to ask the question, am I being sharpened because I'm in this situation? So this week we're going to dive a little bit into it. I'm not just going to share my opinion. I'm going to give you some good word that as you leave today, you'll be able to say, Wow, okay, I know where to go when I want to look at community. But first, I want us to, to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. This is the verse that's kind of grounding this series. I want to read it again, just so that way we're all on the same page. So 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, <clears throat> it says, That is why we never give up. Though our, our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen? So before we jump into it, I want to I talk about what is community. We use this word often, whether it's at church, maybe it's at your job, maybe it's in your friend group. So what is community? The actual definition of community, uh, this is according to Google, is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Again, it's a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests and goals this group is a community we all have shared common interests and goals now those interests personally might differ you might love to hunt and somebody else in here can be like oh that's not my thing that's fine 
But as a whole, when we talk about our relationship with Christ, we are a community. We are a body because we share together in our relationship with Christ. Now, each of us has an own individual relationship with Jesus, but that's a commonality amongst all of us. We all worship Jesus, right? So let's take it a step further, though, maybe a step deeper. So a community is not just a group of people that you do life with, right? We could say we do life with each other, right? We see each other at least once a week. But a community is truly a group of people that you can call your friends. People that you call your confidants, your people, right? You all have your people, right? It's the people that you call when you're having a tough day. Maybe you had a hard day at work and you're driving home. Who's the first person you think of to call? It might be your spouse. Probably should be your spouse. But if you're not married, it maybe is your best friend. The person that you know is super close to you because you know you can be real and transparent with them. Because that's your people. It's the people that you call when you have a house project that you don't know how to do. I know that if I have a question about painting, I can call these two and they will tell, tell me, no, don't do that, because they're skilled in that. They know how to paint a house really well. I know that I have electrical questions, I can call Steve. He's an electrical engineer. He knows what he's doing. That's my people. When I need help with something, I know I can call and ask for help and not be, what are you talking, why are you calling me, right? Exactly. It's the people that you can call when you need help with something. It's the people you call when you need prayer for something. Those are your people. It's the people, your community, that is there to help you when you have those moments, when you do need prayer for something. So I would encourage you, if you don't feel like you have somebody in your life that matches one of those, find that. That community is important. That could be here. It could be at your job. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your homeschool co-op. Our kids go to a homeschool co-op, and I had never heard of them before we started homeschooling our kids. And I am so thankful that they go to a homeschool co-op. They're surrounded by other families that are like-minded. It's their little homeschool community. My kids have friends there. Sheree has friends there that she teaches with that are doing the same things in the same season of life that we're in. That's their homeschool community. And that's truly what a community is. It's not just something on the surface. We all know the friendships, maybe we would even call them acquaintances, that are surface. You see that person and the first thing you think to ask them or talk to them about is the weather. Right? Oh, it's a beautiful day outside. Because you don't know what else to talk to them about. Now, I have good friends, really good friends, that I talk about the weather if it's significant. But sometimes it's those people that are just surfacey. You know each other, and you know them a little bit, but never goes deeper. A community goes deeper. Communities together form bonds over time that are not easily broken. You can all think of that friend from high school or college maybe your early 20s or 30s, that you cannot see them for a year and pick up right where you left off. Like no time has passed, you're goofing around, you're joking, 
Like no time is left. You, you might not have talked to them or seen them. I'm sure you've got to catch up on things in life. But those are the people that are part of our community. The people that the bond goes so deep. So deep. And the, the, the deepness of it even goes deeper when it's centered on Christ. You might have friends that, you know, they're, they've been work friends for the last 30 years and you know them, you know their family, but they're work friends, right? You have a good relationship with them. You maybe call them or what, whatnot, whatever it may be, but it, it takes, that relationship takes a whole nother level, a whole nother meeting when you have Christ in common. Because now it's not just a friendship. Now it's not just a, an acquaintance. Now they are part of the body. They're part of the body. And the body, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but every part of the body has an importance. And I've taught on that in the past, but every single part of the body has importance. One thing I want to also iterate, communities should never be closed off. We can all probably think of situations in our past where you have been on the outside looking in, right? I remember when I was in high school, this is how I, when people ask like, who were you in high school? You know, the jock, the theater, theater kid, the, you know, the guy like was into music. I was the floater. I fit in in a lot of different places. Granted, I grew up in a small town. My graduating class was 142 kids. So you can imagine that's not a very large. I knew most of the kids I graduated with. I was an athlete, and I also loved theater and music. And in my school, that wasn't weird. You get to some larger schools, and there's definitely the theater kids, and they don't play sports. And then you have the, the athletes, and they don't do theater. That wasn't the case at my school. I think our starting football quarterback was the lead in our high school musical my, uh, my senior year. But I was a floater. I fit into all the different communities. But there were moments when I felt like I didn't because that community was closed off. Nowadays, we call that a click. I hate clicks. They're terrible because it excludes people. And as the body of Christ, as a church, we should never have somebody walk through that door and feel like they don't fit in. Like they don't belong. We have on the, the pillar over here, we have the sign that the people see when they come in. It says, you belong here. That statement is so true for this community. People can come, whether it's the first time or the 30th time, that they need to feel loved and welcomed because our community should never be closed off. People might come in that look different than us, that maybe have different views than us. But as long as they root back to Christ and the Word, we should never seclude them. Because it's not our job as a community to change somebody. You know whose job it is? It's Jesus' job. It's not our job. Somebody might come in that has different political views than you. Are you going to say, hey, because you disagree with me on this, you can't... No, it's not your job to change that person's mind, to change their heart about an issue. You can agree to disagree, and that's okay. But it is our job to show love in those situations, to not be a community that secludes or is exclusive. 
Nine times out of 10, you're gonna find that most people probably have similar values to you, especially if they're building their value system off of the word. But there could be times where somebody doesn't even know Jesus and they come in. Are you gonna turn their, your back to them? No. This community should be so welcoming that no matter whoever walks in the door, that they leave and they feel so incredibly loved. They feel seen. They feel a part of something. And then it's the Lord's job to change them. It's not our job. It's our job to show love in that situation. And that's what communities are all about. We're not all the same. But as a whole, collectively, we create one, right? We're not all the same. We all don't have the same background. We didn't all grow up the same. I think if you asked every single person in here, they had a different background. Where maybe there was a moment in their life when they were a teenager that really impacted their adulthood. And if you're like, whoa, that's different. I've never experienced that. I can't, I, I don't know. You can't be a part of this. How does that make that person feel? Right? We all have moments in our life, these rough waters, these tough times that shape us into who we are because God uses those moments to change the trajectory of our life, not in a bad way. I'll never forget, and I've shared this story, so I'm not going to go into a ton of detail, but Shree and I, this would have been, I just almost five, about six years ago, we miscarried. Horrible situation. Wouldn't wish it upon anybody. And we felt like we were on an island. Nobody, nobody's ever gone through this. Nobody knows how we're feeling. And that was a lie. Because more people than you even know have gone through that situation. And as hard as that was for us to navigate and walk through as a couple, we have now been able to speak into other people's lives that have gone through something similar. God didn't cause that to happen. But he uses those experiences to allow us to speak into other people's lives when they're going through tough times. That's why community is so important. Because we are there to uplift each other when we're going through tough times. You can say things like, I've been there. I know how hard that is. I know how you're hurting. How can I help? Do you need just an ear to listen? Do you need some advice? What does that look like? How can I help? Because we've all gone through different situations, different things. On Thursday night, we were talking about testimony, and Cindy shared something that was really profound. I never went through anything that was really hard in my life. I didn't do drugs. Never drank. I was kind of the straight and narrow kid, right? But there are things that I've navigated personally that I've been able to help other people with. Just because your background might look bright and shiny doesn't mean that we all haven't had moments of challenging times, right? Like having a baby. My goodness, if there was something in my life I was not prepared for, it was to be a parent. You, you, know, you leave the hospital and you've got this tiny human in a car seat that you're like, I hope I strapped that in correctly. Is it connected right? Nowadays, it's not like, oh, just put the seatbelt on. You've got all these, you know, the safety harnesses that got to connect into the seat. And it's, you want to make sure you do it right. You get home and you go, now what do I do? I've never raised a child before. You have to eat now? Oh, they're crying. Why are they crying? Stop crying! Right? We've all been there. And I'm thankful 
that I had a mom and a mother-in-law and a dad and a father-in-law that came over. Graham wasn't eating when he was born. He had such a bad overbite, he had a hard time eating. And here's Shree and I, we're sitting at home going, what's going to happen? It was terif- terrifying. It was scary. And I'm so glad I had Ann. Because she came over and she said, it's okay. Let's do this, this, and this. He was eating in no time. Because she's been there. She's gone through that. She knows. She's raised five kids. Right? You go through situations and it makes you stronger. And then you, the Lord allows you and uses you to speak into other people's lives. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. That's what a community should be. Really loving people. And I'm not talking about the surface love. Like, oh, I'm so glad you're here, but I don't know anything about you. Right? Thank you for coming. What was your name again after somebody's come 17 times to church? I'm not saying you need to memorize everybody's name in here. But what I am saying is whatever situation you're walking into, whether it's at church or it's at work, God calls us to love people well. That means getting to know them. That means caring about the things that they care about. So when you're walking into a work meeting on a Monday, instead of being quiet, ask somebody, hey, how was your weekend? What'd you do? And show genuine interest in what they did. That's showing the love of God to people. So that way it opens the door. When that person's going through a rough time, who do you think they're going to call? Are they going to call the person that pays no attention to them or the person that genuinely cares about them, that they know is a Christian, that they could use and leverage to ask for help? That's what truly loving people is. Community means that while we all have faults, we all have things we're working through, that we build each other up. We love each other. And we show each other grace in situations. None of us are perfect. I won't even try to pretend to be perfect because it would just be a lie. None of us are perfect. So we need to show grace in those situations. We need to love people well. When we're part of a community, we all have our individual roles, right? Just like in this body. Cliff knows more about sound than I do, probably ever will. He's good at it. That's his role. Anne is incredible with the kids. She has years of experience teaching kids, right? We all have our role. That's the part about being the body of Christ that is so cool. We all have our role. And it's important to understand that in a community, when we're going through things or somebody's going through something, we all have our own individual roles in that. Some of us might be the encourager, the exhorter. You can do it! That'd be my mom. If she was here, she'd say, yeah, she'd be saying amen. That's who she is. She is the exhorter. She would be the one cheering you on, your biggest cheerleader from the sidelines. Maybe somebody else in here is a strategist. Hey, if you did this and this and this, I think you could get on the other side of it. Maybe you're going through financial troubles. You might have somebody say, you can do it, way to go. And you're like, I don't need to hear that right now. What I do need is somebody to tell me a plan 
to get me out of this mess. And the Holy Spirit uses us. He uses us to encourage, to help, to uplift in those situations. He's obviously going to be dealing with the person individually. But that's why he created people. To help each other. To have community. To have relationship. This community, our community, is a living, breathing example of the body of Christ. So as it says, 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to read about the body, spend some time there. All, we are all members of one body, a community of believers, and each one of us has a unique role. I know I've used this example, but somebody's got to be the toe, right? We all have individual roles, and everything is important. You ever had a sprained toe, or you know, like your pinky toe, when you like jam it, you kick, you know, you kick a piece of furniture and it gets hurt? It hurts. It hurts. You don't notice it most of the time when you're walking around, but you do notice it when it's hurt. You do. Same with the fingernail. You don't notice them until one of them, you know, you get the whatever, you know, a, a hangnail or whatever. Oh, that hurts. In the, when I worked in Target stores, and my hands are a little dry right now, I had to wear gloves because I handled cardboard all day. And my hands and my fingers would just be cut up. And I'd get this little cut on my thumb right on the end of it. Oh, you catch that and it just will send you through the roof. You don't realize how important it is. But every part of the body has importance. Colossians 3, 13 through 15 says, Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So, I think we all have an understanding of what community is. Uh, I'm not going to spend any more time chatting through the background on that. But I want to walk through three specific reasons why community is so important when we're going through tough times. So first, community helps remind us that we aren't alone. Community helps remind us that we aren't alone. In Galatians chapter 6, 2 through 3, it says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pretty direct there from Paul. When we're part of a community, we know that we have people that have our back when we're going through tough times. They're there to support us, to provide a support system. They're there to uplift us, to encourage us. That's what this group is. That's what this church is. It's a support system. When we are going through a tough time, that's what, that's what happens. I remember when Laura first moved into her house, she had this computer desk. She's like, Adam, I need some help. I can't get it to, it won't stay together. And I'm, I'm somewhat handy. I came over there, I was like, I don't know what to do, but we figured it out together. That's what a community is all about. Community reminds us that we're not alone. And when we're going through hard times, it's so important that we remember that. That we're not alone. 
It talks about in the early church that there wasn't a single person in their body that had lack. Why? Because they realized that. When somebody was in need, the body came together and said, what do we need to do to help that person? Sometimes they would sell off plots of land so that person could buy food. I'm not saying we need to sell our homes. I'm not going there. But my, what I am saying is, it's important to remember that when you're part of a community, that you're not alone. And you know what the number one way the enemy tries to convince us that we are? is He wants to isolate us. He knows that when we are in a community, if he can get us out here, away from the group, he's done his job. Because then all of his lies can start infiltrating our mind. Right? I wanted to share a video, but I couldn't find one that fit. When lions are hunting, what do they do? They roar. They try to separate. Let's say they're hunting gazelle. They try to separate a gazelle from the group. Because the lions know that if it can separate one, they can attack it together. But when the gazelle are together, they have strength in numbers. So the enemy's job is to try and convince us that we're alone, that we don't have people, that nobody cares about us. That's what he wants to do. Because then he can try and manipulate us. He can try to control our thoughts. That's why community is so important. Because when you're going through tough times, would you rather be the gazelle that's about to get eaten out on your own? No. You want to stay with the people that can help you. Right? The Bible says the enemy is a roaring lion waiting to devour you. Don't put yourself in a situation where you are separated from the people that can help you the most. Don't put yourself there. Get connected. Stay connected. And that doesn't mean that you are going over to somebody's house every night of the week to have dinner. We have these perceptions of what community needs to look like. That's not realistic. I will tell you that's not realistic. I have four kids. If you want to come over, you want to come over and have dinner with us, prepare for chaos most nights. Usually it's like, did I get a hot meal? Success, right? Sometimes I'll just sit down, like literally the plate of food, I'll sit down and Elijah will say, can I have a glass of water? And I'm like, yep, here we go, servant of all, I got it. <laughs> Finally I get done, like I'll be finishing my meal and the kids are off doing something else already, right? Yep. Community doesn't mean that you have to be so intertwined that you do everything together. That's not realistic. But what community does look like, it means that when you're going through a hard time, that you're not alone. Ecclesiastes, Steve, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Steve and I were reading this verse at same, on the same day, which is really cool. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Many of you are probably familiar with this. It says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Amen? The enemy wants to get you alone. He wants to get you separate. 
Back to back? You're ready to conquer. Three people? Good luck, devil. He can't stand it when we're united. His main goal is to divide, to divide the church. That's what he came to do, to divide the church. And when we stand united, when we stand as a community together, back to back, he doesn't stand a chance. Because he can try and throw darts at you. And they might try to, they might try to hit you, but you got your people. You got your community ready to say, absolutely not. We're praying for you. We're taking authority over this. Absolutely not. This isn't happening. Two are better than one. Three is even better. So number one, community helps remind us that we're not alone. Number two, community helps remind us whose we are. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we are family. Family. A community reminds us of that truth. We are family, united under the covering of Jesus. We are family. I don't know about you, but if somebody ever wanted to come and attack one of my sisters, oh, they got problems. I, I was the protector of my, especially my younger two sisters. If anybody ever wanted to cause problems, good luck. We are a family united under Christ. And as a community, we're reminded of that. Often when we're going through tough times, all it takes is a simple nudge, a word of encouragement, a reminder that can point us back in the right direction. It might be that late night phone call when you're bawling your eyes out because you just had something terrible happen. And it might just be somebody saying, it's going to be okay. We'll get through this together. And that's all it takes. Because we are united as a family under Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 25 through 27 says, This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a part of it. We are all part of God's family, which means, just like I said, in regular life, we support our family. The body of Christ is meant to support each other. And this can show up in a lot of different ways. It might be a shoulder to cry on. It might be a word of encouragement. It might be some tough love. Where you've got a good relationship with somebody and they're making a poor decision and you can look them in the eyes and say, I don't think that's good for you. If it's done in love, it's done in love, right? You need to check your motives, check your heart, but make sure that it is. Being a community, being part of the body and supporting each other can look different in every situation. Just like in parenting, you don't take the same approach for each one of your kids. As the body, we shouldn't think that we can take a one-size-fits-all approach to solving problems for people. At the end of the day, it's God that's going to solve the problem. We're just there to point people back to Him. He's the one that's going to take care of it. And lastly, number three, community is how God intended it to be. We were created to have fellowship with Him. Adam and Eve were created to be a mini-community with God, right? He wanted to have that fellowship, to do life together, 
And that's why the church was established after Jesus left. If, even if you look at Jesus, he created community. He didn't go out and do his ministry on his own and try to pave the way. No, he brought disciples along with him because he knew the importance of community, of equipping those 12 men to, to carry on his ministry when he was gone. Now, obviously, we know what happened with Judas. We don't need to go there today. But he knew everyone had a purpose, and that community had a purpose. And it was important to him. It was important to him to have not just disciples that he was teaching, but friends. They were his friends. As a community, we should all be friends. Again, that doesn't mean we're always going to agree on everything. That's not going to happen. But what it does mean is you might disagree with somebody and you walk away from that conversation and you say, hey, we'll see you next Sunday. Hey, let's grab dinner sometime. You might not like their opinion, but that's okay. We are all going to disagree. You don't think the disciples ever disagreed? You'd be wrong to think that they didn't disagree. That it was all just rainbows and sunflowers all the time? No! They disagreed all the time. Because we're human. We have strong opinions. But you know what? That's where the term iron sharpening iron comes in. Because iron sharpening iron, it sounds rough. You ever sharpen, like I had a grinding wheel and sharpened like a, a, a hatchet or an axe? That noise is pretty nasty. It's grinding. It doesn't sound, but when it's done, that axe is, man, you can cut through butter with it. Doesn't always feel good, but it's always beneficial. That's why Thursday night Bible study, shameless plug, is really important. <laughs> because it's those moments that we can have conversation as a group. Where maybe you disagree with the person sitting across from you. And you have some back and forth dialogue that in the moment could be very uncomfortable. But you leave going, wow, that was really beneficial. That was really fruitful. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Amen? Amen. So I want to close just talking about one other simple truth. So we talk about how important... <clears throat> Community is when we're navigating rough waters in our life. But part of being a part of a community is being vulnerable. I don't know about you, but sometimes being vulnerable can be hard for me. When you're trying to do something, you're trying to solve a problem, you're trying to fix something, sometimes being vulnerable and sharing your heart can be hard. Because you don't want to let people into that. I can do it. I can figure it out on my own. But we just talked about how important community is to remind us that we aren't alone. You see, vulnerability is a learned skill. I, I'm a family. There's, a, there's seven in my family. My parents, myself, and then my four sisters. And my four sisters, they, um, 
they like to wear their emotions on their sleeves. So you can imagine some holidays at our house, there's some intense conversation. Because there's varying, varying viewpoints on certain issues that can be, needless to say, hot button issues. But with the tenacity of sharing your opinions, wearing your emotions on your sleeve, my sisters probably can find it easy to be vulnerable. They can share what's on their heart because they have people that are similar to them. In a community, it's important that you find people that you can be vulnerable with. That might not be everybody in the group. That doesn't mean that on a Sunday you get up here and grab the microphone and share everything that's wrong in your life. That's not what I'm saying. But being a part of a community is finding maybe it's one, two people that you can be vulnerable with. That you know when you're going through something that you can call them and you can truly say, this is what's going on. In Christianity, we have a tendency to put on a facade. Life is great! It's perfect! When inwardly, it's not. You see the amount of young people that are struggling in life today that are thinking things that should not be thought of by young people. And they have nobody to talk to about it. They don't have that community to say, I'm getting bullied at school. And you know what, as adults, it might not seem like we go through it, but we go through it in the same way. You might have somebody that goes to work and they hate their job every day. And if they don't have somebody they can talk to about it, they stuff and they stuff and they stuff until eventually they explode. Right? You guys all remember the jack-in-the-box, right? You, were, you, you crank it, and you're just waiting for it to pop out. If you don't have people that you can be vulnerable with, and you just keep stuffing and stuffing and stuffing, eventually it's going to explode. And I say all of that to say, you can always talk to the Lord about those things. He should be the first person that you talk to about it. Always. He should be your confidant. He should be the one that you go to first, that you run to first. He already knows it anyways. Why do you think you're hiding it from him? He already knows it. So be vulnerable with him. Be real with him. Talk to him and don't feel like you need to talk to him in some super spiritual way. Tell him how you really feel. Prayer is just communication with God. And I'll get into that next week. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. Especially with God. He's the one who created you to be the way that you are. So why do you think you need to pretend to be something that you're not? And leverage your community. Be vulnerable with people. The first person that I typically talk to about things is Sheree. She's the closest person to me outside of the Lord. But there are certain things that I'll talk to Shree about, but she doesn't have perspective. She's never gone through it. It could be a guy thing. I don't understand why this keeps happening. Whatever. If I don't have someone in my life that I can be vulnerable with, I need to find somebody. Because talking through things helps. That's what the body of Christ is all about. Being vulnerable and not putting yourselves in situations where you have nobody to talk to. The last thing 
Vulnerability requires trust. If you're going to be vulnerable with someone, you better know that it's going to them and it's stopping there. And if you're that person that's receiving somebody and they're sharing their heart with you, don't be a gossip. It stops there. It stays there. God never intended it to be that way. But he did intend us to support each other, to lift each other up, to be there when we're going through tough times. God has placed you exactly where you are for a very specific purpose. If you are a part of Glory Church, you are here for a specific purpose. If you are at your job, you are there for a specific purpose. God doesn't make mistakes. He leads and guides us in our life exactly where we are. And as a community, we need to understand that, embrace that, and know that everyone that's here is here for a very specific reason. God calls us to these places for such a time as this. For such a time as this. We know, based on the signs, Jesus is coming soon, guys. There's no messing around, no playing around. He wants us to pursue Him with all that we have. No more of this lackadaisical Christianity. He wants us to go after Him. So when you're at home, and you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to call somebody, to text them, to reach out to them, to check in on them, do it. Do it. Because you don't know the impact you're going to have on somebody's life. Don't wait. Don't wait because we are all a part of this for a very specific purpose.